This is Life of a Guna podcast, and I am your host and favorite Guna Red Faithfulness. You can follow me on Twitter at I am Faithfulness if you have any questions concerning this podcast. Also, if you would like to feature on this podcast, you can do it. Send me a message, and I will make sure to get to you as soon as possible. First of all, I want to say congratulations to every single Arsenal fan around the world, because in as much as some football lovers, or in as much as some fans would say, you know, it has ended. I just want them to know that we are the reigning Emirates FA Cup champions. I don't think any club in England has done it 14 times, but my club has done it 14 times, so I am excited. With me, I have two exciting Arsenal lovers, two exciting football lovers, and I'm sure maybe you have seen their tweets one way or the other on Twitter, and I would like them to introduce themselves. So, Shola, Introduce yourself. I wanted him to. Yeah, you have to go again. Okay. Yeah, I said hi. My name is Shola. My name is Shola. I am an Arsenal fan. I've been an Arsenal fan since 2004, and I am excited to be on this episode of Life of a Grown Up podcast. Yes, that's all. Okay. Thank you, yeah. Alex. Yeah. Yeah. My name is. Uh... Nonso, glad to be on this uh, podcast. Uh, I'm also known as Alexander. You can check me on my Twitter handle at dmatterarising, and my Twitter name is Mr. Alexander. I've been um, an Arsenal fan since 2005, and uh, glad to get this started. Wow, the way you guys are saying 2004, 2005, I feel I feel like I'm small. Like, like, but let's leave that aside, let's leave that aside, yeah. So, I'm sure, like, maybe 90% of Arsenal fans around the world, they are excited to see the 2019-2020 season end. Because, I don't know about you guys, though, but this season has been, like, say, depressing. <laughs> it has been, like, disappointing, not so good. But, Alex, to you now, what were your expectations before the season started? Oh, uh, well... Um, I expected Unai Emery to uh, correct the mistakes he made towards the end of the previous season. I expected him to build on uh, what he had promised to to do for Arsenal. I actually did have high expectations for him. Uh, let's say fourth place finish, at least. I expected us to get back into the Champions League. Of course, we're not going to compete with um, Liverpool and Manchester City, but at least I expected us to get into the Champions League uh, positions again. Okay. What about you, Shola? Um, yeah, my my expectations going into the season were they were pretty high um, because you know for once we we splashed the cash on a lot of players. We bought Pepe. We got Danny Ceballos from loan from Real Madrid. Okay. We got David Luiz from Chelsea. Um, so, you know, with all the signings, I, 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 you know, uncoupled with the fact that we also had Aubameyang, we had Lacazette, you know, and some of the, some of the things that I saw from 2017, that's, you know, Emery's first season, my, my yeah. going new seasons were pretty high because I was expecting an improvement on the on the fifth place finish that we had but you know unfortunately things did not unfold like I expected and, and like I expected but yeah okay so Shola going into, into, the, into the season was was high okay Shola I'm going to I'm going to stick with you for a minute because yeah. okay I think I need to say this now one of the things I like about you is because anytime I see your tweets you always have something unique to say like I'm sure I'm sure you know that you always have something you need to say. And I know in quote, I know in quote, yeah. some people think that you're an Emery fanboy, right? I know, yes. like you know do that. <laughs> no, that's not true, but it's okay. I have to do okay. it every day. <laughs> 
Okay, they know themselves on Twitter. We're going to tag them. But what do you think... Okay, what exactly do you think changed for Emery? Because initially, it looked like he was getting it right. But there was like a flip. What exactly do you think changed for Emery? Um, ah, it's difficult. It's difficult to place where he actually, you know, where he got it wrong. But okay. I think, I think, I think, um, in his first season, was this period where we needed, I think, one, one win or two, two wins from five games to get four. It just didn't yeah. happen. It just didn't happen. I don't know how how we did not get that win. How we did not get those two wins. But for me, I thought that was where everything went out for him you know and a lot of people have said oh he was focusing on winning the Europa League I don't think that was the case I just I just thought I just thought we were unfortunate to not get the win I mean we played Brighton and we couldn't win it was 1-1 you know yeah. so I just thought we were, we, were, we were really unfortunate to not get but I think with around that five games where we needed one win to qualify was where they actually lost where he actually lost the dressing room you know he tried to salvage it Tried to sal- I, I tried, we tried to salvage it during the beginning of the season, but I don't think I don't think it, it didn't it didn't it didn't work. It didn't work for mm. me. For plenty, there are a lot of reasons why it didn't work actually. Maybe mm. during the course of the podcast, we'll be able to go into some of these into some of these things, but it just didn't work. But I think around the five game, the five game where we needed a win, where he didn't get it was where he actually lost some players in the dressing room. Yes. Oh, okay, nice. So Alex, now over to you. Now, do you think that the loss at Baku affected our last season's performances? I don't think so. Okay. I don't. I don't think so. Um, yeah. I I wanted to talk about what what um, Shola said. Oh, sure, losing, you can. You can. Yeah, about yeah. losing the dress dressing room towards the end yeah. of the season. I yeah. think. I think it was um, a motivation problem for the players. I don't think he lost the dressing room towards the end of the season. I think it was a motivation uh, thing for the players. They, we, had, we had an opportunity to get into the Champions League sports here. Yeah? And uh, yeah. I, I, I feel that the, the players were quick to uh, you know, let the pressure get to them. You know, usually in the yeah. past, we know that we see that uh, under Arsene Wenger, when it's getting towards the end of the season, the that that's now just turns into Bayern Munich, and <laughs> <laughs> so this time around, I, I think it has to do with the mentality of players that that we we have, and um, it surely affected them towards the end of the season, their motivational level. Then at Baku. Um, yeah. That game was lost from the beginning of the second half. I would say so, because um, Sari just made a little tweak to his to his uh, formation. If you notice in the first half, the team was pressing Barcelona down the uh, was pressing Chelsea down the yeah. flanks, and then when Sari okay. switched to a four-back formation. Our wing backs were not effective again. They had to push them back. And so Emery's uh, in game management showed itself in that match. He okay. was not able to really counter that. And then the team just uh, collapsed and they lost motivation towards the end of the game. But I wouldn't say that necessarily meant that um, they couldn't do well at the start of the season. I think doing well at the start of the season was this mental block that, you know, we had to face Liverpool and Man City, if I'm not wrong. Okay. In the opening, okay. Yeah, in games. So I think it's that mental block of not being able to compete with these guys that really affected them. I know that um, in football, when you lose, it's, it's always hard to come back and win the next game, except you have a strong mentality. So it's just a couple of things accumulated together that's that weak mentality i don't think it had emery emery had uh, a part in it but i don't think okay. the closing stages of uh, the previous season, season had affected yes yes okay now alex you said something about competing with the likes of liverpool and manchester city yes but if they ask like if they ask us now as, as 1998 
details it was okay. a game where in the first half we were you know we were somewhat on top we had chances to actually score if you remember we had Kolasinak was just one good ball away from giving yeah. tapping Shaka, yeah. Shaka, Shaka you know Shaka eat the frame of the post it was a game yeah. of details I think if we had gone on to score we would have won if we had gone on to score in the first half we would have gone on to win because at that point, Chelsea would now have to, you know, press to get an equalizer and then we'll hit them on the counter. Basically, what we did in at the Mastea when we beat, um, what's, what's their name now? When we beat Valencia, 5-1. Valencia, going yeah. Yes, because, you know, they had to press to get the equalizer. We, under Emery, we were a very good counter-attacking side. So, for me, it was a game of details. I don't think it was really, 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 I don't think, I don't think, um, I don't think it was a game of tactics. It was just a game of little details. It was a game of who scores first. Because it was, it was really tight in the first half. If I yeah. get the first goal, I'll lure my opponent out and then I'll eat them on the counter. And unfortunately, we could not, we didn't, we didn't get the first goal in the, in the first half. Chelsea came, got, this, got, the, got the first goal. We tried, to, we tried to push bodies forward. And then the eaters on the counter. And you know, Hazard, was, Hazard was on another planet that day. I think that's the best game he's had in like one year. <laughs> You know, yeah, so, so, so it was difficult from from that point from that perspective. You it was difficult to to you know for, for me. I think that that's what that's what happened. Though. That's what happened. It was just a game of details, and that was it. Okay, okay. So yeah, yeah shall can I, I just say ask, something? Okay, okay, Alex. Okay, so um, part of the issues also might be self belief or belief in the system you know it was um it was a new system for the players but i don't think it was one they really found uh, quite attractive okay shall i say something it wasn't a new system we had used that system several times if you don't if you remember we used that system against manchester United at the Emirates. We use that system it was, you know no 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 the split I'm, forward not system. Of, I'm not talking of the formation I'm, okay. not talk, I'm, not, I'm not talking of information. I'm talking of the manager. I'm talking of the manager and the things that he wanted to introduce into the team. So for them, for the players, I think uh, maybe there was some sort of information overload or they hmm. just weren't clear in certain terms of what the manager actually wanted to do. Although we had, we had, used, we had used that to win games, undoubtedly, yeah. during the season. Yeah. But I think uh, towards towards the end, the pressure really got to Emery, and also I think I think the man was listening too much to fans. I think he let himself inf- oh, yeah, uh, get influenced by okay, by chill. everything that was going on on the papers and and the rest of it. Okay, them. hold on a second. So now, Alex, okay. what I'm trying, what yeah, what yeah, what I'm understanding for what you're saying now is that. Oh, my Emery was too flexible, right? Is that what you're saying? Too like, flexible. Too, too flexible. Oh, okay. Okay. Interesting. Shola, can you hear me? Yeah, I had a question for you earlier, but now there are two questions. So, okay. Alex, has, yeah, Alex says something about the mentality of the players. We're going to face um, Liverpool and Manchester City back-to-back and the likes. With the transfer window we had, like with the transfer window we had, shouldn't we be actually going up against play against clubs like Liverpool and Manchester City? Like with the transfer window we had. Yeah, uh, yeah, of yeah, we should. We should, but unfortunately unfortunately for us, 
um, three three of the players we bought during the close during the transfer window did not settle in. They, they did not settle in quickly. Pepe did yeah. not settle in. Pepe, Pepe didn't settle in on time. Sebalos didn't settle in on time. David Luiz did not settle in on time for whatever reason. Just couldn't get his bearings during the first few games that he played for us now. And that that was really really that was massive. It was massive for Emery. And that's why I think he wanted players that were in the Premier League. He wanted Zaha. I think he wanted yeah. Ducore. Ducore from Watford. Um, Watford. Yeah. yeah, he wanted Premier League players. He wanted players who were used to the intensity of the Premier League. Players who are done in the Premier League. And he just didn't get what he wanted. So he had to make do with what's, what was available. And, you know, Pepe came in and he didn't just, he didn't just fire. For whatever reason, he was getting, I mean, he was getting used to the, to the intensity of the Premier League. Just could not fire, yeah. and yeah, I don't know, but yeah, that's so, probably why we could not go toe to toe with Man City, or that's why we couldn't go toe to toe with Liverpool during the beginning of the season. And then, you know, a lot of it's also important that we had that that I had that there was a lot of toxicity within the fan base. The fan base okay. was already already was was already divided. Oh, um, yeah. this man doesn't. Mesut Ozil, this man doesn't use so 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 and so player, blah 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 blah. So there was this, there was it was toxic for him, for the manager. It was toxic for the players. That's Every because he was too distracted. No, it, yeah. See, there's at the end. Yes, I agree. He was distracted, but at the end okay. of the day, at the end of the day, you cannot you cannot live with a toxic working environment, even in in our place of work. Once it becomes too toxic, it becomes it becomes a problem. You can yeah. only work. You can only work. You can. Yeah, it's, it is more effective to work in an environment is, you know that is not toxic. Under Emery, it is under Emery. Beginning of the season, it was it was toxic. I mean, we lost one game against a Liverpool side that had not lost against in like 40 games at Anfield. Games. I mean, as at that time. Yeah. 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 And yeah, everybody went berserk on social media. <laughs> everybody started to tag you know Emery and. You know, it was all sort of courses. Oh, Mesut Ozil, why didn't you use Mesut Ozil? I mean, it's the same Mesut Ozil. Does actually not add a good... I don't remember him having a standout performance at Anfield in the five years that he had played at Arsenal. I don't remember. I mean, probably he's had mm-hmm. one or so. But yeah. Interesting. You know, so it became... It, every game became a struggle. I mean, we would win games and fans would tell you that, oh, but yeah, they had like... Why did they have 10 shots on target? The man is the dinosaur. You know, they will tag his Twitter and do and so we we'll win games or we'll win games like two zero and people will say, Oh, but um Southampton had ten shots more than we did. And okay. they, they were you know they were bringing in fans were bringing to bring it was, up. Wenger was wise for not having a Twitter handle. Exactly, you know. Um <laughs> fans were bringing in all sort of crazy statistics that I had not heard of in my life. You know, it was, okay. it was crazy. It was totally everything he did was dissected. Oh, we did not he didn't create chances. They say oh cut back and they say cut back and became cut back and inshallah. <laughs> you know, it was they say oh, oh we only score goals through cut back. That they want us to start scoring goals through the through the middle. Why are we not scoring goals through the middle? I'm like, what's what is going on here? Because score goes through any means, any means available is fine. Yeah. Okay. So yeah. Shara. I, I can see you're, you're boiling hot at this point. But, you know, saying... You, no, no, no. And I, and I like that. You know, you were saying something about fans complaining about the shots on target and all. So I think that yeah. boils down to, in quotes, what people have is... People have this, in quotes, Arsenal DNA. I know we talk about the Manchester United DNA and the likes. But people have this, in quotes, Arsenal DNA, where Arsenal have to have the ball a lot. Arsenal, you get, Arsenal have to pass, they enter the post, you get. So... When they were not yeah. seeing that kind of, will I say, beautiful football in court? Sorry, sorry. I'm yeah, going to yes. have to come in there. Okay. So he played beautiful football under Asin Wenger. And it was beautiful. It was, it was beautiful. Yes, even if we didn't win a lot of trophies towards the latter years of Asin. It was good. It was good. We played beautiful. But at some point, you need to move away from, from that. Football, okay. football, is, football is evolving. Evolving, and yeah. You need to evolve as a football club. You need to evolve with football. Now, yeah. Ateta is the darling of almost every Arsenal fan. But <laughs> I'm going to make it clear that we've not actually always played pretty football. Under Ateta, a lot of times we've had to, a lot of times we've had to grind. We had to struggle. We've had to win, and that's fine. That's yeah. fine. Yeah. You know, 
we do not have the resources yeah. now. We do not have the resources to buy attacking talent, buy the kind of attacking talent that Manchester City have. You need to find a way to maximize what you have to actually get results. And that's mm-hmm. fine. So I don't like, I don't, I don't understand when, it, when a lot of fans come in and say, oh, um, we have a DNA, this, that, that, this. Oh, as, I'm sorry, but this is 2020. We have to move on. We have to move away from that and try to move away to a more efficient DNA where we do not play as beautiful as we play, but we get better results. And that's fine for me as a fan. I don't really care. I just want okay. us to win the ball. Yes. But a lot of fans I have some. Understand. I have some. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I'm just going to conclude by saying a lot of fans need to understand that football is evolving. Football yeah. has evolved over the years, and you cannot get stuck up in the football that we played in, say, 2010 oh. or 2011 and 2012. Everything is evolving, and we do not have the resources to compete with Manchester City, Manchester United. So we have to make do with what we have to actually get what we want. Okay, Alex, you wanted to say something. Yeah, um, you see that thing called club philosophy on the pitch or on the field philosophy. That thing is yeah. a scam. <laughs> to be honest, to be honest with you, eh, those those things work back then. You know, when okay. uh, let me say, like when Asivega came and uh, the system was quite uh, fascinating. Uh, this is how Arsenal plays, and this is how we, we maintain it. We win this way, this and that. Right now, right now, you can't do that. Honestly speaking, if you don't have the quality players, Pep Guardiola will tell you that he is nothing without his players. Pep Guardiola is arguably the uh, most brilliant manager out there, even though he will tell you that Bielsa is... I don't know, maybe it's just being humble. But <laughs> Guardiola had to have money to spend. You know, when um, exactly. when Pep left Bayern and yeah. people were like, ah, let him come to Arsenal, let him replace Aspenga. Pep Guardiola would have been frustrated at Arsenal. To be honest with you, he, he may have been found out at, at this club. Because <laughs> right now, if you don't have if you don't have the best players. But if you don't have finances to compete, then you will just keep on falling further and further behind. This brings me to the Madrid versus uh, Man City game yesterday. Zidane, I don't know if you don't watch clips of other games. You cannot go to the Etihad and play Man City attacking football and play high line against them and expect to come out of that match victorious. It's except maybe Man City just had like a terrible uh, game that day. But the stakes were high and Guardiola needed to qualify. He needed not to lose. So, uh, I guess Zidane came with the mentality of uh, we are Madrid. We cannot sit back and uh, wait for Manchester to have the ball. And he, see, yeah, but sometimes you have to it's, go not about, you have to... it's not about yeah. the most... It's not about uh, sticking to what you know only. It's, it's also about adapting to yeah. the requirements of the game. Of the game. Yes. If, if, if you need if you need to play a certain way to win, yes, we know you are Madrid. We know you always attack. But for that game yesterday, don't come out all reckless and and say you want to uh, <laughs> reckless uh, uh, beat beat Pep at his own game on his own pitch. It's it's something that you have to do calculatively. Okay, look at the games, Man City lost today, uh, lost uh, last season to Southampton, to Arsenal, to Wolves. Yeah. Uh, look yeah. at those games. Those, the teams were coordinated at the back. They maintained uh-huh. their shape. They maintained their shape. See, Man City, once you close the middle, eh, they'll have to be forced to be flanked. And you know they don't have players that can head the ball. So all those, their crosses are usually futile. Man City, they are weak aerial draws. So when you have a very coordinated team that is playing centrally, you force Man City to make a lot of passes and they can't break your team down. Man City Alex, are Alex, Alex it's, like, yeah. it's like we should just sign you up to be a Teta's assistant. The way, the way things are going as well. It's something that one will actually observe. If you, play, if you pay close attention, you actually observe it that Man City's game, you don't rush them. Allow them have the ball, okay? 
find the find your opportunity and exploit it. Madrid were too open against Masti. So if Arsenal is saying that uh, we're Arsenal, we must attack, we must play this certain formation, we must do that and that, that's just being careless right now. You have to play okay. according to demands of the of game, the of game. that particular game, and the strength of the players that you have. So, so, so that's, that cannot make a five-yard pass. You can't expect <laughs> to play a, a passing game for you. Okay, so now you guys have said so much, and I would like to I would like to ask another question. I'm so sorry, but I'm learning so much from you guys today. So now you said something about we have to, you know, tune to the demand of the game and football is evolving and all that. Now yeah. I, I know I know as in we are I think a lot of us are maybe over on Emery at this point, but I was I was just thinking, what do you think about Una Emery's man management skills? Because I feel like if he had better man-man-man skills, maybe the players would have, I don't know, I don't want to use the word do better, but they would have understood him more. I think do you the think players that, saw him as more of an outsider than, than they have of uh, Ateta. Ateta is someone that is very much known in the club, okay? So I don't, I, I don't know the extent to which uh, Ateta will have man management, but I think Una Emery was uh, the language barrier and also the fact that um, it was maybe quite strange working with him and some of the decision uh, making he, he had. Because I don't hear anything like uh, Emery having man management issues at, uh, was it Villarreal? Or Villarreal, Sevilla? yeah. Got... Yeah. yeah. Villarreal. He won, uh, the Europa League. Okay, no, yeah. it was at Sevilla. Yeah. He won it at Sevilla. Sevilla, Sevilla. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I didn't hear I didn't hear anything like that. It was just the issues at uh, PSG and Arsenal. Something maybe with players, the the type of players that they have, they are maybe their ego or something and as such. But I think yeah. it's just the fact that they saw him as as um, a strange person or a bit of an eccentric person. Okay, Shola, you wanted to say something, right? Yeah. Uh, um. I was going to say I was going to say that um, I think ultimately the problem he had was communication. Yeah. Um, Alex already touched on that. I think ultimately he had he had a communication problem, and I think he had a lot of he had a lot of points that he just couldn't get across to the players the mm-hmm. way that he actually wanted to get it across to them. So yes, he had he had communication. But come, I don't I don't come, have. Come. Exactly. I don't have any doubts in my mind that he's actually <laughs> no. I don't have any doubts in my mind that he's actually a brilliant manager. I mean, you do not you do not have a terrible manager go on to win three UEFA Europa League. Oh, back to back to back. I think he did it back to back to back. Oh, he did yeah. it back to back to back. Yeah, yeah. Oh, exactly. I thought he didn't do it back to back to back. I just thought he won three. <laughs> but he actually did it back to back to back. Back no, to back, did. yeah. You do not have a, a terrible manager. I mean, one they say one is okay. One one might be luck, two might be coincidence, but three, I mean, it shows that he knows what he's doing. I mean, and he also got us to the final. Let's not forget that he got us to the yeah. final. Final so, of the yeah, Europa League, yes. Yes, I don't think he's a I don't think he's a terrible manager. I think he had communication problems. And secondly, and yeah. what I thought was the nail to his coffin. Alex already touched on that as well. I thought he listened to the fans towards the end of his career. There were certain okay. players that he brought back into. There were there were players that he brought back into the team that he didn't believe in. But you know, it was like. Well, I guess like, it was like, you know what? I'm just going to give this. <laughs> I'm just going to give the fans what they want. I'm going to give the fans. And as a coach, if you do that, if you do that, then I'm sorry, you cannot, you cannot last. If you go okay. against your, if you go against. So no, now this is a yes or no question, Shola. Do you think yes. that if Arsenal gave Emery more time? Things will be better. Just a yes or no, no question. No. No, it wouldn't. Uh, okay. Okay. What? Okay, Alex. What about you? Yes or no? Do you think if Emery was giving more time, things would have been better? No. Okay. Now thank God. Now we are. I think we are done with Naomi for now. Now let's go yeah. to Mikel. At- <laughs> let's go to Mikel Ateta because I I feel like every Arsenal fan is buzzing right now. You know Ateta is the man. Believe in Ateta. Support Ateta. Like I like the fact that you know the fan base is together for once after like you know a we long not- period of time. You'd be surprised. Okay. Surprised. <laughs> 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 
No, we are getting we are getting I, there. We are getting there. Have calmed down a bit. No, no we are not. getting there. We are getting so there. Still bringing so, their 2011 stats for us. Okay. So, like, I just have another yes or no question. If Ateta managed Arsenal at the beginning of the season, do you think that you know, the season would have ended, let's like, say, better than what, what happened? Like, do you think maybe would have finished maybe higher than eight or would have done worse? What do you think, Shola? Hmm, that's difficult. Though. That's is that is it supposed to be a yes or no? No, okay. not really. You can't okay. expansion. Yeah. The thing is, it's difficult to tell what would have yeah. happened if we got set um, at the beginning of the season. Um, yeah. but going by how he's performed since since um since he took over from from Freddie. Okay. Yeah, yeah. It, it, it could have been. It would have been. Yeah, I think. I think I'm. Tilting towards it would have been better, and I'll tell you, it would have been, you know, it would have been less toxic for him to work. Okay. It would have been, it would have been a less toxic environment for him to mm-hmm. work. So invariably, if it is less toxic, you are, you are, you are supposed to get more points on board, you know, get across to the players better and get better results, you know. So I think, yes, I think yes, it would have been better, but, but once again, there was no basis to sack Unai. After the mm-hmm. after after last season, even though we lost to Baku, definitely, so definitely, there yeah. was no business. A lot of fans say, "Oh, we should have sacked him. We should have got a sack letter from Baku and not even come yeah. back to London." That's not sensible. <laughs> come on, be sensible. You need to be sensible. This man has taken us to the final, one point away from Champions League football, and you want to sack him? I mean, where is the room for improvement? Hello. Yeah. Jeet? Yeah. I, if you understand I totally Francis. understand. Yeah, I totally yeah, understand your so, yes. point. Back, back to your question. Yes, it could have yeah. been. Yes, it could be better if Ateta took over. For just because it would have been a less toxic environment for him to work for. But let's not also forget that he actually, he actually got to work under Pep for another six months, and I'm sure those six months must have added. You know, it would have been like he must have gained one or two things for those six months before he actually took over to become manager. Those six months yeah. probably, maybe I don't know. I'm sure it would have been it has equipped him better to become. The manager that he has become at Arsenal now. So yeah. Yeah. Nice. Okay. What about you, Alex? Well, um, I would I would say it, I would say it's uh, 50-50 because yeah. at that point in time, Emery Emery still had a lot of fans. So chopping him off at that point in time would have just it wouldn't have made sense like like Shola said. And, I, and I'm guessing that the the expectations would have been higher on Ateta then because we were just coming off from playing the finals. So Ateta coming in would have had this um, like yeah he would have would placed have this it. high expectation on him that he, he should get he should do one yeah. better than that because uh, oh. you also know that um, a lot of people were skeptical about Ateta being appointed given the fact that. He, ha- he has no Premier League experience. Yeah, he didn't experience, okay. yeah. Uh, so, yeah. So, I think uh, the, the way he came in was the best way he could have come in because our expectations were below the X-axis. Yeah, we're just like, way. let the season just end. Our, exactly. our, the season ended for, for me in January. <laughs> in uh, December, oh sorry. Days. December, before our <laughs> yeah. came in. The season ended for me. Because I just it was just like ah, so let's just wait for next season, shall we go better? All right. Okay. So we cannot end this podcast without talking about Mesut Ozil. Because Arsenal's yeah. fan base is like say we are just all over the place when it comes to Ozil. Now yeah. I don't want to talk about Ozil under um on Naomi's reign, but let's talk about Ozil now under Ateta's reign. You know, yeah. everybody has their own like we like say assumptions. Some people feel like you know, the board told Ateta not to play, which to me sometimes that doesn't sound reasonable. But let's leave that aside. Let, let's not let's not be about That's me today. Silly. I'm so, sorry, I need I need so to I need I need to ship it in. It's silly. It's silly yeah, for yeah. Anybody so, to that because it's silly. Yeah. Yeah. So so but like the question now is, Ozil was playing before the lockdown. You get, and you know, some Arsenal fans were like buzzing that Ozil is back. Ozil is that creative player that we need. 
But after yeah. the lockdown and, you know, Ozil didn't take the pay cuts and you know, everybody was all over the place and stuff like that. Ozil, like, Ozil stopped being in the Arsenal team. So now to you, Shola, what exactly do you think is happening? So what I think, no, nobody knows, nobody knows exactly. Knows exactly, yes, yes, true. But the, the only thing that makes sense to me is that, you know, COVID, COVID-19 came and then Ateta has gone back, has watched all the games that we played during the, in the Premier League and it's like, you know what, I'm sorry, but I need to... We need to move away from this. We need to move away from playing from playing a traditional number ten, and I'm going to go for a more like say like um, I'm going to go for okay. We started with after after COVID we played four three three. Then after yes. a while we switched switch to um to three at the back wing back yeah. and either yeah. of those formation I do not see where Messi Ozil fits in. I'm sorry, but it doesn't just fit in. It doesn't okay. fit in anyway. So yeah. I think. Ateta has gone back and analyzed his performance and our performance as um, pre pre COVID, and has come out yeah. and said, "I'm sorry, sorry, we need to we need to chart a different course." It doesn't make sense. All the things I hear in, on social, all the things I see on social media that the board has pulled Ateta aside and has told him that he must not play. First off, first off, first off, if you yeah. see that as happened, that is a serious indictment on Mikel Ateta. They don't, they don't exactly. know. A lot of people don't open their mouth. If you say that you have pulled a coach and told him not to play a certain player, and the coach has actually accepted that, that's an indictment on the coach. It shows that the coach doesn't even know what he's doing and that he can be thrown around. So maybe in another two years or in another three months, something will happen and then they'll tell him that Obama Yango, you must not use him too. And then that's how they continue. So when it's not like it's, a, it's, it's um, MPFL, it's Premier League. You cannot. Sorry, you cannot call a manager aside and tell him that this player, don't use him. Because there, there are several things that can happen from there. If Ateta yes. starts to fail, if Ateta starts to fail, and the board has told him that he should not use player A and player B, he already has his excuse. He already has exactly. an excuse. He tells you that, oh, I'm sorry, I'm failing because my, my, you've asked me not to use my two best players. So people <laughs> need to understand that everything that concerns... Everything that concerns the football on the pitch does not get interfered with. Yes, you want to get transfers, you want to get transfers, you want you want to sack some staff, you want to do whatever you want to do up there. Oh, that's fine. You can interfere. But when it comes to activities that happen on the pitch, it's solely on the manager because if anything goes wrong, they will know who to go and meet and say, okay, you, we put responsibility on you and you failed and then now we are sacking you. Yeah, okay. So, Alex... I don't know if you understand what I'm saying. Yeah. Yeah, I understand what you're saying. So, Alex, I'm sure you have something to say about Medina's Tozil situation. Yeah. Uh, I think at this point in time, um, I don't I don't know how much Ozil still has interest in playing at Arsenal because I think something something definitely is going on. We can't we can't blame we can't blame uh, Emery for what happened. Yeah. We can't. But it's, it's just a bit surprising that um, we didn't have this issue. You understand? Before Emery came in, and um, mm-hmm. then Ateta came in and it was the same thing. Because at first people were like, oh no, it's Emery, this and that. But Ateta came in and was basically reading from the same scripts. So are you exactly. saying that uh, both of them don't know what they are saying? You understand? So I think yeah. the, the key yeah. things that we've learned from them. Sorry, from this let's not also that, forget that he also, got, he also got put on the bench by Freddie. He also got put on the bench yes, by Freddie. Yes, yes. Three managers now, not two. Yes to Mesut Ozil, that they just forget the footballing aspect. I think that's what we yes. are just. Well, that's what we are going to conclude on the Mesut Ozil situation right now, because some people are so sure that that because of Mesut Ozil ends 350k, that's why Ateta doesn't want to play him. But I don't know. Logically, Arsenal fans. Yes, exactly. I feel like Arsenal fans have have to come off that that will I say ideology. I start looking outside the box. But hopefully they get to do that, you know, as soon as possible. Because let's focus on the next season. Let's focus on, you know, players that 
you know, would fit into Ateta's plan. So if Ozil doesn't fit into Ateta's plan, it's left to Ozil and Ateta and the board to what to sort that out. Now, before we go, we have to talk about Gwendozi. 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 Because <laughs> Gwendozi, Gwendozi. <laughs> because in as much as most people are just like, you know, yeah, Gwendozi, yes. We are going to sell Gwendozi. Let him just go. And, or, but, you know, this Gwendozi script also, something is also fishy. So what exactly do you think Asna should do with um, Gwendozi at this point now, Alex? Much that we can do. I think the decision has already been made to Me. actually to, to actually sell him. And yeah. once again, this is another situation where nobody actually knows what what's exactly what has exactly. gone wrong. But if exactly. what we hear, if we are to go by what we hear in the press, I don't know if you know that I'm a huge fan of these. I love him so yeah, much. Yeah, I know, I know. <laughs> if, he has, if, he has, if he has disrespect, if a 19-year-old, if he has disrespected his manager or if he has disrespected his teammates, and then the manager has called him aside to, to tender an apology and he has decided not to tender an apology, then I'm, I'm sorry, he has to go. It's fine if he goes. It's not... It's not I, I, I like I like Genduzi, to be very not, honest with you. I, I like this I like this impact. If we get good money for him, I don't mind. I don't mind. If we get good money, it's fine. You can you can go. Oh okay. I think I think that is that on the Gwenduzi situation. Now there's one other thing that I've been I've been seeing people talk about or seeing people talk about or, or sales or stuff like that on social media. Now you know there's this buzz about William Cortillo and the likes coming. So now, Aubameyang played on the left side of the attack most of the time throughout the season, and he scored 29 goals. That is on the left wing. So people have the opinion that maybe if we get better wingers, we get Kotua and William, Aubameyang moves to that centre forward position, and you know, and he's going to score more. Do you think that ideology works in this Arsenal team? It it depends on the formation that Ateta wants to play, because. Yeah. Um, as we know, he's playing 3-4-3 because of the strength of the players that we have. And yeah, like an uh, anal- analysis that I saw, um, yeah. he plays his the two people, the two white people, as inside force. He plays them as attackers, actually. So it seems like... As supporting strikers. No, no, not supporting strikers. He plays, them, okay. he plays them as like the actual attackers. And then the center forward plays in... In a, like ten, a ten role. Femino kind yeah. of role, okay. Yeah, so yeah. so you no not not Femino. I think Femino is Femino is um well something similar though something similar, but similar but uh, this person plays deeper than what Femino would actually play. So Lacazette plays as uh, a kind of number ten to try and hold off the defenders and free Pepe and Aubameyang on. Uh, on both sides so that they'll be able to drift in without uh, issues. So if if these people are coming in, if we sign Coutinho and William, I think Ateta will switch to a 4-2-3-1 formation with uh, Aubameyang playing as our nine because I don't think there will be any need for you know uh, our centre forward dropping back again when he switches the formation. So, Aubameyang playing as our number nine, and uh, possibly Coutinho playing on the left side, uh, William playing in a number 10 position, and Pepe on on the right side. So, I, it's it's basically with the formation that's, that we've been forced to use because of the kind of players that we have. Okay. Shola, Shola do you have anything to say concerning that? Mm, yeah, I think we're able to get Lillian and Coutinho. I think yeah, I agree. I agree that we should play Oba Oba through the middle. I think that's his best position. Yes, he does a good job on the left. But I think left. if you if he plays with um William Pepe Coutinho and he's playing through the middle, I'm sorry, I think he's going to even score more goals than he's scored this season. Limitless supply. Yes, yes. But we we also should not forget that for we for for us to be able to go back to playing four at the back, then yeah. we need to bring better centre backs and maybe exactly. yes and probably a world class defensive midfielder. Because the reason why we play three at the back hey. is to mitigate is to mitigate the fact that we have terrible I'm sorry terrible centre backs. So we have to okay. we have to play we have to play three instead of the traditional two just to cover up for 
whatever calamity that might happen at the back, you know. And yeah, it, it has worked decently, but going forward, I don't think it is sustainable. I think it takes a yeah, I think it takes away a little bit of our creative edge because we've actually sacrificed one attacking player to play one centre back. So I think moving forward, if we're going to go back to playing four at the back, we need to bring in better midfielders. Sorry, better centre back. And yes, Thomas Partey has to become an Arsenal player as well. Okay, so I think first now one question. Now this is a yes or no please, question. Please, please, can I can I say some can I say something oh, before that? Sure, 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 sure. Yeah. Um, Ateta said something. I remember one post-match uh, interview. He said something about um, us being able to play two formations comfortably within the same game. So I have this feeling that uh, even though we, we don't uh, strengthen our maybe defensive midfield or centre-back straight away, I have this feeling that even if we switch to a four back formation the players yeah. will be the players will get to a point yeah. where they can yeah. comfortably switch comfortably. defense yeah. in that yeah. uh, 343 yes. uh, uh, way so, yeah yeah Absolutely. I, think we'll also get, I think we'll also get to that point where yeah. we'll go we'll go on some tough away games and then we'll just revert to three at the back there has uh, to be yeah. yeah one thing i like about Ateta is that you know he's coming with a lot of tactical flexibility there has to be tactical flexibility you cannot just be a one-way traffic soldier no on some days you have to be able to you know change and switch formations depending on the opponent that you're facing Fine and depending tune. on the requirement yeah. of the game yeah yeah okay so i think we have spent so much time today and uh, i have ju- yeah. just like you know like two more questions or so no you know um we have been hearing the Thomas Party rumors and all, and I know that he's exciting, he's an exciting player also. But now, just a yes or no answer: Thomas Party or Wilfred Indidi? Alex, yes or no? Thomas Party or Indidi? Who is your pick? Ah, uh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> you just set leg for me now. <laughs> Jump and pass. <laughs> ah, okay, okay, okay. Um, yeah. You're undecided. <laughs> Is it today? Uh, I think he's not. I don't know. I think he's not there. Midfielders to be able to be great at passing. And so, so why are you picking? Yeah. yeah. Thomas. Thomas. Thomas Party. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah. Then yeah. Shola, what about you? Party or Indidi? It's party. It's very easy. For party. Me. Oh yeah. wow. Okay. Party nice. Party. Okay, so finally. Sorry. Okay, so finally, our last question for today. Now, what are the lessons you, you think? Partner him later. Okay, I think okay we are done with those questions. So finally for today, what are the lessons you what are the lessons that Arsenal has learned from last season? You think we should build on on this season? What what are the lessons you think we have learned, Shella? I think one the ultimate lesson that we have learned that we should have learned. I don't know if Arsenal has learned it or anybody has learned it. Yeah. You see, the thing is there are certain players at us now that are, you know, that we cannot continue to give chances. They, we've given them two years, we've given them three years, that point. We've given them take us to the promised land, but they've proven that they cannot take us beyond the particular point. Those players have to be let go. You need to let them go. They cannot become, you cannot continue to give people chance after chance after chance after chance. At, at what point do you, do you pull the trigger on them? Uh, exactly. I don't, I don't want to sound controversial on your podcast, so I'm not going to name, I'm not going to call names. No. Oh, God. We love yeah, the controversy. We love the controversy. We love the controversy. Please give us the controversy. Sorry. I'm sorry. But, 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 you know, like, see, okay, okay, in the last, in the last four years, we have, yeah. uh, Mustafi has been like, I mean, it's, it's, it's been like the heart of our defense. Let's say it's been yeah. like the main, it's been like the mainstay in that defense in four years. Uh, he's been the only one yeah. that's still there now. He's played a lot of games, and time and time yeah. again, he has proven that he would not, he cannot take us to, you know, um, he cannot <laughs> take us to where we want to be. I'm sorry, yeah, a lot of people say, oh, he has improved. 
he has improved. Okay, fine. You go into the season with him again, and then he reverts back to the, the normal, the normal player. And at that time, the transfer window was closed, and you're like, God, why didn't I change him? <laughs> then after he gets it, after he gets like a backlash from the from the fans, then all of a sudden again, he will play well for another ten games again, and then he will revert. I mean, and how long? It's like been the story of his life. It's been the story of his career. We yeah, so continue. much inconsistency. Yes, exactly. I totally agree. Cannot continue to, to 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 build around players like that. We cannot continue to build around players like Granny Shaka. He has improved under Ateta. Fine. Yes. Break their neck. Yes. He has improved under Ateta, no doubt. And I give him I give him that 100 percent But the yeah. limitations in this game are, are still there. The league is so limited. It's so limited. You cannot watch it. You cannot watch um Shaka and say, oh, I mean, it's so limited. I watch a lot of midfielders and Shaka is like, ah, you know, <laughs> cannot, he cannot, he cannot, he cannot progress with the ball. His tackling is faulty. There's so many, there's so many flaws in this game. So if you sign like a party, a party is an upgrade on Shaka already. You know, it gives you everything that Shaka will give you and many, many more. Then he has to leave. Yeah, you say that he leaves or he goes to the bench. My point is, you cannot continue to use players that have consistently proven to not be able to take the team to a particular height. You cannot continue to believe in them because in the long run, it will still give you the same results. I hope that we have learned that lesson this season. <laughs> I really hope so. So clear away, clear away the dead woods and bring in fresh, fresh, fresh upgrades. All right, interesting. Thank you so much, Shola. So, Alex, what about you? Um, I, I I agree with half of what he said, oh. and the half is that we've learned that we can't keep on moving forward with players that cannot take us anywhere. But what I have okay. a problem with is the names that he called. He <laughs> left out the number one person. I call, call him Snatch. Caller Snatch. <laughs> that is his name. That's it. Sorry, sorry. I didn't, I didn't call Kolasinac because yes. Kolasinac is, is, he has to go. There is no two ways about it. If he doesn't go, you know, I, I don't know if you understand what I say, what I'm saying. Like he has to, he's, he's, no, he should be like the first player out of the door. I'm just yeah. saying but, that. But as, has, as for, has, as for Mustafi, I think, I think you are being, yeah. I think you are being harsh on Mustafi. Oh, be honest. Uh, this is, this is someone that, yes, we know that. We know he has had his problems, okay? Because when Varan was playing yesterday, I was seeing a bit of Mustafi back then. Yeah. So, but, but the, the thing is that as it's, it's a fact that he has actually improved. He's playing under a manager that believes in him. The same thing has happened to... Okay, Alex, uh, Alex, Lukaku. give me... Sorry, Alex, give me one minute. Just a second. No, you know, okay. I'm trying to bring, bring something that Shola said now. Do you okay. think Arsenal should build their defense around Mustafi? Yes or no? No, no. Why would you? So that, so exactly. So I think that is the no, point no, Shola see, is trying to see, make. See, see, what I'm, yeah. see what I'm saying here. There are okay. players that are far less deserving of playing for Arsenal than Mustafi. See, Rob Holding has... Cool. I don't think so you're not getting honestly you're speaking. Not getting, you're not getting see, my point. Mustafi can still stay for the season. Of course, we can't. Of course, we can't build round Mustafi, okay? But it's, yeah. it's a gradual. It's a gradual process. There are still other people that have to leave. see. Let me name three defenders that will leave before Mustafi leaves. Rob Holding, Kolasinac, and Socrates. Those three guys. They are guys in. When we chase them away, hey, we cannot play with those we have. Play with Mustafi. Then next season, Mustafi's contract expires next season. So at least yeah. if he can go after his contract well, see, has I'm expired, saying, no I'm problem. Not saying, I'm not saying okay, he has to. Listen, I'm not saying he has to. He has to go. I mean, yeah, if we don't get bias okay. for him, what can you do? But what I'm saying is, he should not be a mainstay in any serious title contending or top four team. It is. It is. It cannot happen. Bro, he has been a mainstay for four years. I'm not saying it's entirely his fault, but we've not made Champions League with him. We've not at any point. So if you continue of to, course, if you continue to stay now, of course. Yeah, exactly. So if he's going to be in the team, he should be like a fourth option or a fifth option. 
See, another thing I'm not going to tolerate is your Jaka slander. Because I think that Jaka is good enough to play in this Juventus team. Then you should go to if you go to Juventus. To be honest, Jaka is good enough to play Juventus team because those people, those ones are they're even another story self entirely. That is a topic for another day. Okay, okay, the, the, guys, truth, the truth is that Jaka yeah, can give us more than he has already given us true. But it's a gradual process at the end of the day. If we get an upgrade, then he has to become a second option. If we get an upgrade on him, he has to become a second option. That's what I'm saying. But right now, I mean, it's no upgrade on him, so he has to play. But if we get an upgrade, then he has to become a second option. I'd rather a party Sebalos pivot than a party Shaka pivot or or a Shaka Sebalos pivot. A party Sebalos pivot is an upgrade on whatever Shaka Sebalos can give us. Wow. Okay. So I think I think we have had fun. I think we have learned a lot today. I just want to say thank you to Shola. Thank you to Alex for yeah. honoring this invitation. Like I'm humbled, like really, really humbled. Thank you guys so much. I know that there are still like a lot of things we would have talked about, but because of time. Yeah, I'm really hoping that I'm really hoping that when I become on you guys again to come and feature my podcast, you guys will gladly jump jump on the train. One so, dial away. Yeah, thank you guys so so much. Also to our listeners out there, I just want to say thank you so much for listening to the end. Also, if you do like to feature on this podcast, you can send me a message on Twitter. I'm just one DM away on at I am faithfulness. Thank you so much, Shola. Thank you, Alex. Stay safe. Welcome. Bye. 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 Yeah, bye. Yeah.